Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul LaFavor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, the 17th of June, 2022. This is episode 28. And uh, I've been bugging Mike to do one of these for a while. Uh, a podcast on something that we see in the Special Forces course all the time that's been bugging me. And that is key leader engagements. Uh, and really like how to do them better, how to avoid certain pitfalls, kind of put it in a philosophy, if you will, of key leader engagements within the setting of you're a, you're a special forces advisor. So this is kind of pointedly directed at uh, students in the Q course, but it will have, you know, application for everybody else. Yeah, I think it does too. I mean, um, <clears throat> and I, it's kind of funny because you know, the information age has got a lot of advantages to it. One of the disadvantages, at least in my opinion, is because there's such a reliance in use of technology today. I don't think there's that much um, human interaction as there used to be. Well, yeah, um, that's, that's for sure. You know, I, I remember times when it kind of like took me aback when I really, you know, if someone would have told me that, I'd be like, like, ah, I don't think so. But, you know, you kind of witness it. And it's like, I remember times when, I've actually gone up to, um, you know, some folks in the younger, you know, younger generation, um, maybe to a counter, okay, and they're in front of their uh, screen, okay, and you're you're wanting something, you know, because of course I could have called in or I could have, you know, whatever, but I decided to go down in person because, you know, that's kind of the way I was raised. Is it's always better to do face to face, so I'd go down there and and you could see like they'd be visibly uncomfortable, yeah. You know, when you're standing in front of them. Can you just text me? Yeah. That's what they're saying. You no, know, and that's what they would do. It's like, well, you know, I'd rather if you, you know, you could just maybe call or, you know, you know, send it through the to the computer. And it's just, yeah. and that kind of like just kind of takes you back a little bit where, you know, you realize that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of folks that are now sort of uncomfortable with the whole, you know, face-to-face dynamic. Absolutely. No, that, uh, that pretty much underscores what I've been seeing as a, uh, a trend for the last, I would say, 10 years. Now, I've been, uh, those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Mike and I used to work out at the Special Forces course at the, uh, what they call tax skills now, it used to be formerly known as Smolny Tactics. I also work out there now, and what I've been seeing since 2010 is pretty much uh, a degradation in social skills and basic interpersonal communication and things of that sort. And, and so uh, that's why I wanted to do this podcast on this particular topic of key leader engagement because I see a lot of sucky KLEs, okay? And so maybe this will help some guys out there. Also, guys serving, serving out in the force. Uh, maybe I, I hope this would be good for you to put, your, you know, put in your tool bag and then maybe kind of hone some of your skills 
Uh, why? Because, uh, you know, if you can't train people as a Green Beret, then you suck. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to talk. Uh, you're an advisor. Uh, you are uh, America's best trainer, advisor. And so this is really important. This is kind of, uh, I would say, in large measure, the meat and potatoes is of what we do as Green Berets. I don't know if you would agree. Well, absolutely. I mean, even you know, even in business, I mean, this has an application yeah. regardless. Um, absolutely. I mean, anytime that you're having to interact with the, the public, you know, or somebody that's not, you know, in your family or in your um, – a team that you're regularly with all the time and you have a certain level of comfort with, um, there's times when you're going to have to get out there and you're going to have to, you know, interact with, try to influence or whatever um, others. So, and that's kind of like what, you know, and of course in special forces, that's a big part of um, our, our, our job, you know, is, is being able to go out there and, and influence and, and, uh, and interact with other cultures and what have you. So it's, it's uh, particularly important for us. Absolutely. So I wanted to uh, kind of take a, uh, a bigger uh, paintbrush and kind of paint the scene here. Okay. Something like this. Let's just say you're uh, an advisor like uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Thomas Edward Lawrence. Okay. Go back to the first world war. Uh, if you remember uh, Lawrence of Arabia, he was uh, in a basement in Cairo uh, before he was discovered. Uh, he was down in the two shop, uh, hating his life because they wanted to get into the show. They found out this guy uh, could speak Arabic and knew the culture. He was an archaeologist in that area of the world. We're talking uh, the Arabian Peninsula, the Levant, you know, Palestine, Israel, Syria, all that stuff. And so this was a guy with skills. Uh, they gave him a shot. Uh, and then the big thing is, you know, uh, he linked up. Uh, with the Arab leaders who had uh, started a revolt uh, against the Ottoman Turks. And uh, the Brits just had to figure out, hey, we need uh, somebody to be to lead that thing, right? And so Lawrence, his, one of his missions was to go down there and find out, okay, who can be uh, the leading spirit of this uh, Arab revolt? So he, he found the guy, of course, but it's how he did it that just says so much about KLEs. And, and, and I, I say that because uh, as Special Forces advisors uh, and soft advisors, right, uh, we're operating really in, in what we call irregular warfare. So I kind of wanted to just, the, that's the big brush stroke is irregular warfare. And that's something that uh, we like to talk about a lot here at Blacksmith and we'll probably talk about more, is irregular warfare really involves uh, five areas, uh, you know, you have your uh, five pillars, if you will, counterterrorism, UW, uh, counterinsurgency, foreign internal defense, and then, uh, and then uh, stability operations. So I kind of missed one there. Uh, but more often than not, uh, so we're looking at UW, COIN, counterinsurgency, and foreign internal defense. So let's just pick on those three, UW, COIN, and FID. And in those three areas, I know that uh, I've done a lot of uh, advising. Uh, I've been linked up with uh, various units, uh, maybe not so much uh, in the, uh, as the level of importance as Lawrence of Arabia, but 
you know, I've been I've been an advisor to uh, the Army of Nepal, uh, Bangladesh, uh, Korea, all over Europe and stuff like that in Africa. And uh, you know what you say matters. Words matter. How you interact matters. And uh, so, uh, what I wanted to do is, uh, in light of uh, kind of my experience, and and uh, I think we can uh, banter here. Mike is is really. I want to introduce, uh, if you will, eight principles of a KLE. If I could be so bold as to say principles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, uh, and that's these are kind of crazy, right? <laughs> no, I think, and these, this is something that you came up with as well. I think yeah. um, we're always trying to. I mean, people remember things with mnemonics and acronyms, yeah. and this is kind of a military way of, of remembering stuff. A lot, a lot of material, and uh, you've done the same thing. So you've kind of done the uh, the brain assist here by creating a little little acronym for folks. Yeah. Now I have to uh, also have to give a shout out to one of my friends, Rob Scott. Uh, help me formulate some of these. So between the two of our brains, we we came up with this. Oh yeah, man. We're, we're... So I mean, but you know, anything we do, uh, that's really where the the awesomeness happens. Is you meet some other brain. We just, we just do a lot of listening. Yeah. a lot of yeah. listening and a lot of writing. Yeah, but yeah. So without further further ado, the eight principles of a Kaylee I will submit to you is cascade, or cascades. Plural. Yeah. Uh, so cascades, just follow the idea that, uh, you know, information that you're gleaning from a KLE. Now, obviously, you're you're wanting to get information and you want to build rapport and influence what's happening. All these things are happening. I mean, at least those things are happening. And so the information you get kind of just cascades uh, down to the team and to your higher command so they know what's going on. And so the influence cascades, the information does. So just kind of follow that. And then, uh, so it, basically it's cascade. It's uh, cultural awareness, agenda, self-awareness, communication, accommodation, dissemination, expectation management, and situational awareness and security. So I kind of wanted to just break those down, and then we can just kind of interact and talk about some of the nuances of what we've seen, kind of good, the bad, and the ugly of KLEs. And then of course, of case you, in case you missed it earlier, uh, cause we're really bad about just throwing, you know, stuff out there that maybe we don't explain, but KLE key, a uh, key leader engagement. So uh, that's what we're talking about. We're just talking about basically um, yeah. key folks in a room having a conversation. That's it. So the idea could be, uh, you say you're an advisor. Uh, for example, uh, I was part of uh, my detachment was sent to Haiti back in 95. That was a, Haitian vacation. Uh, as 18 Charlie, uh, I was also a pay agent. Uh, I was with I was from uh, I was with First Group at the time, and uh, we had to work with the Bangladesh and Nepalese, and so that was kind of interesting. None of us really spoke those languages. It just happened to be, hey, that's an area of uh, responsibility for First Group. There you go, send a First Group team. Anyway, it ended up being a really good experience. Uh, and but one of the things I I, uh, I learned is man I messed up a lot I mean broke a lot of the rules that I now understand back then I didn't have a clue it was kind of just thrown into it uh, but um, it brings to mind cultural awareness I knew nothing about the Bangladesh culture the Nepalese culture uh, in fact I didn't get there I wasn't there for a few months until I found out that hey these are different people 
Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Nepal uh, is, as you guys probably know, is predominantly uh, Buddhist. And then you have uh, uh, Bangladesh is, is predominantly, uh, excuse me, uh, Nepal is predominantly Hindu. Sorry about that. And then uh, Bangladesh is predominantly Islam. And so, um, so you always have to learn there. <laughs> you got to stay on your, your game. But they're diff- these are different religions. They're from different parts of Asia. Uh, they, that was just to kind of show my stupidity. So cultural awareness is, uh, really just reminds us that you got to be knowledgeable of the culture. Um, and, you know, to go kind of bigger picture here, uh, you could say that, uh, you know, creation is what God makes. And culture is what we make with what God makes. So we kind of make. So culture could be art, language. It could be basically anything that we make, right? And so you need to be knowledgeable of that. Uh, And then its effects on the operational environment. So, you know, that's, of course, the first soft imperative. Know your operational environment. So I was was basically breaking that. I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, really their religion, their ideology, their roles, anybody I was interacting with. So I was basically just clueless. So you don't want to do that. And, you know, we see a lot of guys uh, that they are probably okay on that. You know, let's just say in Pineland, uh, you know, the culture is pretty much the same. We're talking like basic redneck culture. So that's not really that important. I mean, it's not hard to to get that one. But uh, obviously when you go out and about a little bit more, you're going to have some differences of politics, religion, um, you know, just those types of issues. You probably need to know about that so you're not caught unawares and then say something dumb. And so, uh, I mean, I'm, I think you would agree, right, Mike? I mean, cultural awareness is kind of a big deal for, for Green Berets. Absolutely. I mean, you got to be um, just sort of uh, aware of the differences and, and the fact that uh, uh, just even silly things like habits and, and, and yeah. you know, things that we kind of take for granted, they have a whole different way of operating in, in different cultures. You got to be aware of it. Yeah. Like the, uh, this is also something that, I mean, when you just people think about Green Berets and one of the first things they think of is, you know, this competence in cultural awareness uh, to, in order to build rapport. So, you know, obviously this is a big, issue of, you know, uh, you're probably not going to be able to build real good rapport if you're uh, tone deaf culturally. Right. That's it's, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah. So you probably need to do your homework on that and know what's going on before you get into it. Unlike me and the Haitian vacation. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah. Well, and I think we learn pretty quick, even um, uh, folks that are not in soft. I mean, if you're in the military and you're deployed overseas, I mean, one of the things that you have to do pretty quick is sort of figure out what, what normal looks like where you're going. Yeah. Um, otherwise you don't even know what, what to be scared of. Um, so, uh, pretty much anytime you travel overseas, even if you're a civilian on vacation, um, what you should do is just keep your eyes open, your ears open, kind of, kind of get a sense of normal. What's normal for where you're at. Yeah, that's and, an excellent and, point. And then when, uh, when something looks, uh, other than normal, <laughs> then you can, then you can yeah. start, you know, yeah, kind that's a good perking question. Up, perking up a little bit and being concerned. Yeah, that's that's a good question is to say, hey, what's normal here? What's right. the baseline here? That's right. You know, how to, you know. Uh, and then, so I think that, that makes sense, right? I mean, uh, I don't know if we need to flesh that out a little bit more. 
think did we did we nail that one? I hope so. Okay. Uh, so uh, just following the acronym here, agenda. Uh, so so one thing on this uh, a note is um, uh, I didn't want to talk too much about tradecraft uh, with you know the Robin Sage course. Obviously, you go out there, you're going to get some more uh, details on that. So I, I didn't want to talk. I wanted to kind of talk around that, but uh, the idea is uh, you want to have about three to five points in your agenda. Uh, because uh, I would say just like uh, your span, uh, your span of uh, control, your sphere of influence, uh, span of control in leadership is usually three to five. So after that, you're not really going to be able to remember. Right. It, well, and listen, there's and there's nothing unique about an agenda for a meeting. Um, I don't I don't care where you're at, what you're doing, even even. Uh, um, in civilian business, if you're going to waste people's time, bring them together for a meeting, um, there should be some sort of objective that you're trying to reach by by gathering everybody and taking them away from their work. So um, it's important when you're going into the meeting to have a kind of an idea of what you want to have on the on the outside of it, you know, on, on the end of it. Absolutely. And uh, so, I mean, there's a balance here. We don't want to meander, but we do want to have something that, because uh, we're looking at, we want to gain some type of information. Right. Uh, so let's just say we put it into Robin Sage land. You know, the first thing could be, uh, are you invited to the gorilla base? Will they accept you? That's probably a good one. Uh, that may be just the first one you do, just to put it into that context. But the other thing, let's just put it, it kind of widen the aperture a little bit. Uh, you you kind of need to have uh, an agenda, something that you're you're going in there, you're seeking to gain some type of information, you're trying to influence something. But then again, it's balanced, so you don't want to be inflexible because... Something might pop up. Yes. So here's the thing. Somebody you're going to talk to, uh, they may not know that agenda. They may not want to hear that up front, and it may sound very wooden for you to just list what you want. So you may... Well, the other, <laughs> thing, the other thing, too, is there's sometimes there's competing yeah. agendas, yeah. and you have to recognize that. Yeah. And somebody else's agenda might be useful to you. You might not even... Right. You got to be receptive to it. Exactly. So this underscores the importance of active listening. You know, active listening is uh, we are, we're not just so stuck to our agenda that we're, we're missing the cues. We're missing like what this person is saying. And uh, so this, this is just reminds you this principle, Hey, look, have an agenda, have something that you're going to, you thought about going in with, but, but then don't say, don't be so inflexible that you can't nuance that. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, self-awareness. Uh, self-awareness, uh, obviously, this is, uh, I'd, I'd say, crucial skill. Uh, guys that, uh, I would say, just, I'm 50 years old, but guys in life that fail, I've seen a lot of guys, they don't have self-awareness. Uh, and so this this is usually uh, pretty, you, you become aware of this pretty quick. If somebody is socially tone deaf, their their self, uh, they don't have self awareness. It's going to show. Uh, they don't know how, they don't know the cues. They can't read. Uh, they don't even know. First off, they don't even know their own uh, how they're how they're being received. their words, how they're being received. Thank you. Uh, they they don't really. Um, they're just talking, and they're just. Or how about this? When they're in a conversation, they're just waiting for their opening to start talking, and they're not really listening. They're just waiting for the person 
in front of them to stop talking so they can talk. <laughs> yeah, it, it requires you know, it, it requires a certain degree of, of humility, I think, yeah. to get good at self-awareness. And um, you have to be able to ask the questions like, and, and maybe your close friends are a good place to start. It's like, like, how do I come off? Um, yes. How did I come off? Um, yeah. You know, how do you think that was received? Uh, because I think all that feedback is real important because you just got to be real with yourself. I mean, um, you know, you may not be an excellent orator, you know, you might, you yeah. know, but you just recognize that it's okay. Um, but just kind of understand where your own strengths and weaknesses are when you're going into, going into a KLE. Exactly. You know, there's a balance here too, is, uh, a lot of guys I see that can talk, they're good talkers, right? But that, that's, that is not necessarily going to be awesome. Because you're just unaware. And then, you know, if somebody says something, I'll just give you an example. Uh, you see that sometimes uh, the guy has an agenda, he's not self-aware, and he's so stringent on his uh, agenda that you know, the guy apart from him says something that's unique and that would be like, hey, you might want to stop and camp on that for a while, but the guy just misses the cue and just keeps going with the spiel. Exactly. And yeah. you're like, uh, yeah, you just blew it, buddy. You know, yeah. that, that's that's always not and good this, to see. Yeah, and of course, this might roll into um, another one of your points there, but um, you know, authenticity. You know, yeah, um, and that probably falls a little bit in maybe into communication, but yeah, uh, part of the self awareness also is 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 you want to be you want to present yourself as authentic, you know, and caring and yeah, and and um, and and therefore. Uh, not yourself, you know, you're not just in there, you know, knocking out your agenda. Right. I mean, uh, on, on that note too, is uh, a bigger kind of widening this a little bit more uh, is what we would call emotional intelligence. That's a big part of this. You know, uh, a book that we often uh, mention is Daniel Goleman's emotional intelligence. That's a, that's a book that you really have to read in uh, uh, psychology fields. Great, great read. And the idea is somebody with emotional intelligence, uh, they they just kind of know how uh, their personality, they know their personality, they know how they're coming across, they they can uh, sense when they've talked too much, mm-hmm. when they're not uh, engaging enough. You know, they have that sense that uh, uh, they just can kind of look outside of themselves, if you will. And kind of have an awareness of, of just how they're acting, their speech patterns, all that thing, all that stuff. So, that's a that's a big part of it. And is I that, think, is that yeah. is that a part of self awareness, or is that is that better in the next in, in communication, which you're getting ready to talk about? I yeah, know. I think that kind of segues into that. Like, so communication is the next one, uh, and the idea with communication is, uh, I mean, this is this is really what you're doing in, in a key leader engagement. Is you're communicating. So you have verbal, nonverbal communication. These are basic uh, interpersonal skills. Uh, and so the idea is, uh, you know, words have meaning. This is why we say a lot that, hey, what you say matters. You know, what you say, how you say it, uh, all of this uh, feeds rapport building, influence, all that stuff. So uh, th- this is just part of that bigger topic of communication, you know? Uh, so if, if someone has, uh, let's just say that they have, um, poor communication skills, right? They can't articulate what they're going to say, right? Plus 
they're not able to um, kind of read uh, read the environment. They're not able to to base off of what somebody is telling them to kind of uh, understand, kind of sense that uh, underlying motive that the person's talking talking about what they're what, what they're saying behind the words. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, the words have meaning. Uh, they also is when they communicate, let's say they don't communicate effectively, it's usually based off of basic stuff, just like really basic tenets of communication. You know, one is just make some sense. You know, it's just as simple as that. Make some sense. Say something that makes sense uh, and that uh, it may, you know, it's intelligent. And then you, you know, you have, uh, I don't know, what, what would you say to that? Like, uh, I, don't know. I, I think mean, I'm I, kind of... I think no, I'm complicating the obvious. Well, no, I mean this is and it is it is a little bit complicated. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, some of us are still trying to figure out how to communicate with our wives, okay? Yeah. Um, and other family members. So there's there's definitely when you're talking about now a different culture and yeah, you know, my goodness. Um, so you really have to be um, turned on every sense. And, and just taking in information and also relying, you're probably not going in there by yourself, okay? So you really need to be relying on your team uh, that you're in there. Everybody's got, you know, it's sort of just picking up all of the information that's floating around that room. And as you might, you're going to have a conversation after this thing, but it's really important. I think what you're saying is really just picking up all these nuances and everything. Yeah. It's all a part of communication, all the body language, uh, what's going on when someone else is talking, uh, how are others reacting? I mean, it's yeah. all this stuff plays. Exactly. So this, uh, I mean, this underscores the the fact that it, uh, it's dynamic. It very. Yeah. It's it's not wooden. It's dynamic. Uh, and if you are not picking up on the cues, you're going to blow it. And you're going to, you're probably going to uh, blow some rapport. Uh, you're going to lose influence. You're going to lose respect. You may even disrespect the person you're talking to. That Ouch. may just say, hey, I'm done. Yeah. So this is kind of a big deal. That's hard to get back once you lose that. Yeah, and then I your mean, access. Yeah, I mean, and then you you made this point when we began this discussion is so many people uh, they don't have basic interpersonal communication skills, so they would rather you know not look at you and talk. They want hey, can you just text? And, <laughs> right. I mean, look, I mean, I love we love using our phones. Our phones are important. We can do so many awesome things with it, but. We can also be enslaved to our phones, so we got to be, uh, you know, we got to look at that. So anyway, the idea with communication, really, just to kind of cap this uh, principle, is it's a skill set. You know, Absolutely. talking is a skill. It is. It's not just you just go in there and wing it. So this means, hey, before we go into the KLE, we probably want to rehearse what we're going to say. Well, I think that's I think that's crucial. Write it down. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of uh, talk it out. A lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of lectures I've given, you know, I, I write those out. Yeah. Uh, I'll be in a room by myself and I'll just talk these through and just kind of see what the, how that sounds. Yeah, go through a couple sessions. You know, yeah. you, you might have an eye, a couple of ideas of how uh, the people that you're going to meet with, how they're going to react, maybe some of the questions they may have. Have somebody play them. Right. Um, and, and see how it goes. Be prepared for as many different uh, weird things and make sure that you got a good response and you kind of know how you're going to handle things before you go in there. Exactly. So uh, the other thing that uh, I'm reminded about this is when, you, when you're talking, you're checking in with somebody you're talking to. So there's, there's basic skills of just 
we would get we would gather from psychology, right? So we ask like open-ended questions. Uh, we have uh, we check in. So we say, hey, am I? Uh, did I hear that right? What I'm hearing you say is this, right? Right. And uh, so we, we want to use those basic communication skills. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm kind of. I think we kind of beat that one. Um, well, yeah. I, it's important. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of brought a lot of these, you know, issues up. And I think it's just more than just simply, uh, communication. Okay. Got it. Yep. There's check, a lot, there's a lot the to block. it. Yeah. So accommodation. So accommodation following the, uh, the acronym here, uh, let me explain that a little bit. So, uh, obviously when we're working with, uh, you know, host nations, foreign nations, we're going to, we could be in a gray area. In fact, a lot of what we do in special operations is gray. It's grayscale warfare. It's, it's not well-defined. And so there's a lot of ambiguity in what you're doing. You may not know, you know, where someone's authority begins or ends. Um, and then what, what we're looking at accommodating is um, we want to accommodate ourselves and what we're doing uh, so we can make things happen except when it's unlawful, immoral, or unsafe. And so that's the idea. So let's just say someone says something bizarre. You know, the, uh, the guy uh, says a Nazi, we'll pick on Nazis, right? And the guy hates Jews, right? Uh, so obviously, if he says something so off color and, and, and bizarre, uh, we can bracket whatever that person says. It's called bracketing in psychology. What we can do is skillfully segue off of that topic and kind of carry the conversation on without just kind of dying on that uh, hill. And then the conversation would just be dead right there. And, and uh, so that, that would be able to accommodate to what this, uh, this other person's issue. Uh, but when the idea is when it comes to like something that's immoral, unlawful or unsafe, we yep. kind of, you know, we keep, we have to stop and you have to address that. Yeah. And what you're hoping is that the person that you're having a conversation with, of course, is self-aware and is picking up all the signals from you. Yeah. And the fact that you bracketed that and you kind of got away from it and you're not comfortable with, you're not comfortable there and you want to kind of get back on topic. Yeah, absolutely. And, And the way you do this is crucial. So our choice of words is important. Our tone is important. We don't want to come across as judgmental. Right. We, we want to like, hey, you know, you know, why would you ever say something like that? You know, that's completely ridiculous. And but uh, we do want to, uh, you know, say something that's off color like that, off color versus hey, illegal, immoral and safe. And obviously, I would say that would be an immoral thing, too, uh, for this person to hate a Jew. And you say, hey, well, now we've got one on our team and now you're saying that. Well, obviously that's a problem. But that's not the right response, right? Yeah, that wouldn't be the right response. So that, that would obviously be a, a, a huge problem. But uh, anyway, the idea with accommodation is we're going to run into somebody that doesn't believe just like us. Sure. It's going to happen. They don't have the same religion. They don't have the same po- political stance. Uh, there's something that, uh, you know, their worldview is going to clash with ours. And if we just... If we just died on that, you know, then then our you know our Kaylee is essentially done. Our rapport can die. Uh, then we've got maybe the, the and you look at this. The second and third order effects could be catastrophic. We'd have a catastrophic fallout because here's the thing. Now, you know, our listeners may know this. 
there's essentially three levels of war, a tactical, operational, and strategic level. And uh, a KLE can have uh, strategic level effects, uh, even though we're operating on a tactical level. It could be somebody, you know, uh, somebody at a national level. And so if we if we have some type of fallout, this could be this could affect uh, national level policy, and we could be kicked out of country. This could kick uh, U.S. forces out of country. This is a big deal. Uh, it could be that big. But so the idea is we want to kind of have our curb feelers out for things like that and, and avoid those pitfalls. That's the, that's the idea. And not act surprised like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said something so horrendous right. and ridiculous. And, and so we kind of want to be um, non, uh, non-emotive if we can. That would be good. Accommodating. Yeah, accommodating <laughs> to the point that we don't do something like – you know, you know, if it's illegal, obviously, then we can't play. Right, those are lines you have to. Have to yeah, start. and then uh, this can't is cross. this is stuff that we uh, we try to make sure the students know, right? Hey, look, we can do X, Y, Z, but you know, we can't do these other things because, well, then you're not going to get money, you're not going to get support, you're not going to get all that stuff. So, uh, so that's there's a balance in that also. Uh, and then uh, now, as this follows. Uh, you know, with the, the next principle is dissemination. And we see a lot of, uh, we see a big issue with this too. Uh, you have a guy that will go in, you know, he'll, he'll hit a home run. You know, they'll talk to these other personalities. They'll get some good stuff out of that. They'll get information. They'll build a rapport. They'll, they'll influence this, these actors. You know, but the, uh, in the last analysis, they forget to disseminate to the team or whoever it is. And then, uh, lo and behold, the, the team will send somebody else out to go, you know, interact with the same person, and then they won't even know who that person is. And then you look like jabronis. You know, you, you, uh, you look incompetent because you failed to disseminate. And so, really, what that's supposed to happen is, let's just say two guys go out and they talk to two other guys, right? Uh, they come back, and then they capture that information in some way. And then they disseminate it. They pass it on to the rest of the team. Uh, that's kind of a big deal because, um, for example, uh, I sat on uh, one KLE, and these guys who can remain nameless uh, to protect the guilty, uh, they talked to this other individual, and they said, hey, you're going to do you know X, Y, Z, these nefarious things we want you to do, Right. Uh, to to kind of uh, sabotage something. Well, the guy agreed, and then uh, then they said, "Hey, what was your name again?" And I just thought, "Wow, you know, this is the third time you guys are meeting with this asset, and the two times." And he was so important, you couldn't remember his he, name. Yeah, here you go. You just sent him off to his death. He's so important, you don't even know his doggone name. So yeah, dissemination, uh, and I'm glad. I'm really glad you included this. Uh, because it's something that you see a lot of leaders um, not doing very well at. Absolutely. Uh, to include myself. I mean, back when I was um, still wearing a uniform. But we have a tendency to sort of um, hog the information as leaders sometimes, and um, we really have to kind of get out of the habit of doing that. We need to be sharing and downloading as much as we can um, as, as leaders, no matter what, what it is, and especially in these, in these situations. 
Yeah, it's a great point. Is uh, you know, look, they say you know when we were growing up as leaders, they say knowledge is power. That's right. And so the tendency for a leader who is uh, uh, self conscious, doesn't have confidence, mm-hmm. I would say, is to sit on an information and then kind of delve it out when needed to yeah. kind of protect his uh, idea of his status power, and where status. he's at. Yeah. Everyone but, needs to come to him for the information. Right, but what what inevitably ha- inevitably happen- happens. Ugh, is, uh, you know, people aren't, they're not informed and the unit doesn't perform as well. That's right. And so you want to avoid that. So basically you're not doing yourself any favors by doing, by sitting on the information. Just give it out as soon as you can. And then you're looking at the eight step of, uh, you know, the true pleading procedure. Just supervise. Yeah. Give it out. And, uh, and when disseminating too, making sure that you're getting that feedback and, um, yes. you know, how are you interpreting what I just disseminated? Yeah. I give a five point. I say, now what did I just say? Yeah, and, uh, and, and, you know, am I, you know, um, is, is my interpretation of this correct? I mean, this is this is what we got out of the meeting. I mean, is this, this really what we got? Exactly. So, I mean, there's so much that's important there. But, yeah, it's, it's, huge. Uh, yeah. it's uh, it, the idea, the, the, the last analysis is, uh, you know, damage rapport, you can lead to mission failure just by not putting things out. So that's kind of a death thing. Uh, but then again, not. And then expectation management, kind of following the, uh, the acronym here. This is so huge. I mean, in so many things, uh, from being a father, right? Uh, you know, if you promise your kids something, then you got to deliver, right? <laughs> you promised, you know, yeah, Disney World, and you better be bringing that, you know, to fruition. Uh, so in, with anything, I think, especially... Um, in the army, you know, expectation management is big, right? And, and then, yeah. And in business. In business, anything. Right. So words have meaning. What you say, people are going to write down. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, let's just say, for example, MacArthur said, I will return. I think he made that statement because he wanted people to uh, have expectation management on that. He wanted to cast something on the horizon that, hey, they were really coming back. We didn't forget about you, this, that, and the other. Uh, but the idea is that could be a two-edged sword. But but he did go back. But he actually did go back, <laughs> so yeah. That's the other part of that. I mean, he was trying to obviously let people know he was coming back. And he but, he meant say, what he, but he also meant what he said. He didn't say right. when he was coming back. <laughs> right. So Yeah, be careful. I will come back in the spring. Well, just yeah. be careful with that. So, so the idea with this principle is this. Uh, think about what you're promising. Right. And do you need to promise this? Yeah, because so, you might not. You know, right? And there's some other ways you can say this. You can say, and I this is almost cliche. Some of the people that know me will laugh at this point, but you can say, uh, is you could say is that's in the realm of possibilities. You know, that's that's doable. That's a doable goal. I think that's a possibility that we could we can look at doing that. You know, look at your wording. And uh, so when, when it comes to promises, you want to make less. Less is best with promises. The ones you make, you under, better Under stick promise, to. over deliver. Under promise, over deliver. Absolutely. So that's a good um, ditty for that. Uh, but, yeah, you want to set doable goals. And the promises you make, you actually want to keep. Uh, now, here's another example. So I told you earlier that I was in Haiti 
Uh, it was the Haitian vacation back in 95. You know, I'm a young E6 from first group. Uh, I was learning a lot, right? And I learned a lot about uh, interacting with foreign governments on that trip, uh, amongst other things. But one of the things I, I remembered is uh, the Bangladesh contingent, there was a, a major, a Bangladesh major, he had this list he had from the State Department. The U.S. State Department had given him a promissory note that said he was going to gain said uh, equipment once that he got his unit to Haiti. Wow. So he showed me this. I had never seen one of those before. Yeah. So I was enamored. Uh, well, on that, one of the first items was two Mercedes-Benz staff cars, two black Mercedes-Benz staff cars. And I just, uh, I gulped and I thought, yeah, that's, uh, that was quite a promise. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we have any of those on the island. And he was looking for you to be forking oh, that yeah. over. Let's let's deliver that U.S. Army. Yeah, you, you look like that. yeah, you look like an American. You you from the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Your government just told me, you know. So that uh, that ended up uh, translating into ten uh, cut V's at the time. So cut V's, you know, there were Chevys, Chevy pickups. That was a big deal. It was kind of like before the Humvees. Yeah, you got to love the State Department. And they were like, you know, yeah. So the state the State Department guy, they did their part by getting the Bangladesh guys on board, and then I was left holding the bag. Uh, the way out of that bag was really, yeah, we lost rapport. Yeah. We lost a little bit of face, and I had to figure out, you know, how do I make this happen? Well, the best I could come up with some with some pickups, and I just had to do. But, uh, but yeah, expectation management, uh, you know, like I said, that carries into so many fields and the human endeavor. It would we would be our do our best to remember, as you said, to uh, uh, how did you say it again? Under promise and over deliver. deliver. Yeah, I go. mean, if the State Department would have just um, said something as simple as um, two vehicles. Yeah. Um, you know, Instead you of sweeten the pot. You know, you could have. <laughs> yeah, you you could have come in with something uh, pretty nice, and it'd been like bang, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. he was expecting, you know, something pretty nice there that yeah. that you weren't. There was just no way you were coming up with that. Yeah, and then you know we uh, we we like to think through, you know, problem solving. Um, but anyway, the uh, I think he was also upset that I didn't. They weren't black, so but they were camo. But hey, what are you going to do? That's the best you can come yeah, up with. That's a, a great, that's a great example yeah. of expectation management. Uh, now, now, I don't want to pass by this, too. I've seen a few examples of guys, uh, students, that have promised things in the beginning, and uh, this has come back to haunt them. And those guys, <laughs> like, towards the end where they're doing their transition, like, hey, we, you said this was going to happen, yeah. and, you know, that didn't materialize. So, uh, yeah, you lose face. Yeah, you lose face. But uh, and then situational awareness and security. So this this again is uh, kind of it, it may go without saying. Uh, we have self awareness, right? And then we have situational awareness. So there's there's a difference here. Uh, I mean, you know, the idea with situational awareness is you know. Well, I'm glad you put that first. Yeah. Um, because. All too often in these meetings, um, it gets a little, the security looks a little ridiculous. Um, it, it almost is a hindrance to the agenda. 
Right. So you have to be able to figure out how to make sure that uh, everyone is safe in the room. Okay, and that you have it security, but doesn't it doesn't need to be overt. It doesn't need to be in your face. Right. And I, and I think that's where the situational awareness really comes in, plays a big part because if you're if you're reading the room and you're reading the environment, then you can kind of start ramping up um, logically uh, based off of what you're picking up. Right. And then uh, you know something I uh, mentioned earlier is. Uh, when you set up uh, the KLE, something also you need to look at is, you know, uh, who's going to be controlling the, the venue? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you need to look that through also. Like, uh, what rooms are going to be in? Might want to know that. Who's going to be sitting where? You know, where are you going to be sitting? Who's going to have? You got enough chairs? Right. You know, those things, things like that. If something happens where you go in and out of cordons and all kinds of things. Right. And then, so this also uh, lends itself to security. So we often say this, that you'll probably have, let's say, example, you know, one guy is going to be doing the majority of the talking, and then there's a backup guy, right? Uh, and that guy could, uh, will probably ask, hey, can I, is it okay if I take some notes, right? And then that's always good to ask that. And then you, you really need to have what we call a guardian angel. This is somebody that's uh, an overwatch. Mm-hmm. Somebody's kind of watching all this happen, and somebody that's going to bail you out if, uh, you know, things go sideways, uh, and then the ones where we've uh, we've seen failures, you know, you have two guys are talking. They got their back to the door. There's nobody watching the door. Yeah, and then you know, anybody can walk in and do whatever they want. And obviously, the people in the uh, you know the people you're talking to are going to be you know they should be looking out for that too. But the idea is the advisor. That's that's really your purview, security. And then also uh, like further afield, like uh, you know a QRF. You know, yeah. uh, here's the big thing. When you do a KLE, it's a mission. This is a tactical mission. This is not just a throwaway. And so the guys that don't treat this like, just like a raid, just like an ambush, they've had problems. So this is not just, hey, let's think about this real quick and then walk out the door half cocked. Uh, let's have, you know, a communication plan. Let's have like the five W's. Just like an op order, just, you know. They're a big those, deal. Yeah, this is a big deal. And then so when it comes to security, uh, in light of what's happened, uh, we've had a lot of green on blue incidents, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and then one uh, in particular, uh, I recently read about, uh, and you, might, you guys, everybody, for you know, a lot of our guys that go to the Q course heard about this. It, was, it happened on the 8th of February, 2020. It was a seventh group team. Uh, they were finishing up a, uh, a KLE in uh, Nangahar province. And as they went out, they were ambushed by a rogue uh, Afghan policeman. And uh, they shot them up pretty bad. So they had, uh, they had two KIAs. Uh, they had SFC uh, Gutierrez and SFC Rodriguez. And uh, so the whole point is, uh, these guys actually had security, but... Uh, this was somebody on the inside. This was a green on blue. And so that just, it just takes the stakes a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, obviously, you've, you've had, uh, we could go further afield where you have, it's part of this. Uh, there's so many other KLEs that have happened like this. You know, the, you could throw the one that happened in, uh, to third group and Niger kind of in the same thing. They were doing kind of a running KLE and, uh, you know, they had a security issue when they knew, hey, 
they were going to be going back the same way and somebody was able to, you know, uh, get an ambush set up for them. And so that's the idea is you're looking at going in and going out. I'm not saying they didn't plan right, but I'm just saying that that's always an issue. Absolutely. Is in light of the things that's happened, hey, let's not just roll in there and go be half cocked and kind of see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's time and place predict- predictability. I mean, you just you don't want to be time and place predictable. Yeah, and and that's the idea is, uh, uh, you know, a lot of KLEs have, have gone badly because they weren't treated as real missions. That's right. You know, not to say these guys that got uh, shot and killed were in that mindset, but it just reminds us that we have to plan these KLEs just like they were any other tactical mission. They can go sideways even with the best laid plan. Yes. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the uh, uh, the odds, you know, odd and ends of uh, situation awareness uh, the, uh, the, uh, and security. And then when you look at the, the big picture of a KLE, you know, you know, KLEs can, can glean so many good things. You know, that could get us initially into the G base. That could, for this example, uh, this could uh, influence our partner force. Uh, this could, um, you know, we could have, um, this could like repair a breach that's happened. Yeah, I mean, it can move things forward. There's so many different uses for it a is, Well, it's all about relationships. We've talked about that a lot. I mean, all this stuff's really, what we're talking about is developing relationships, good, yeah. sound relationships. And the KLE is how you do that. Yeah. And then here's the other thing is uh, just because uh, uh, you're a, uh, a Sergeant E5 doesn't mean you're not going on a KLE. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you might find yourself on one of those. Uh, you could be, you know, regardless of rank, you know, if you're in the special forces, you're going to, you're a leader and you're, you're going to be expected and called on to do these types of, uh, types of missions. So, uh, guys out there that are listening, uh, might want to think those things through. So you're not surprised. Uh, and I would just, I don't know if I said this at the beginning of this podcast, but, uh, I say a lot of guys fail because of these types of missions they, they just, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of guys that do their shoot move, they're shooting and they're moving good, but they're communicating it, it is, is bad. Yeah. It's not that good. I mean, that's, that's really the thing. You know, we could see some, and arguably you see some shoddy tactics employed, but you know, most guys know their MOS, they can do a raid or an, a raid or an ambush, but uh, the actions on the objective when it comes to a KLE oftentimes is lacking. It's wanting. And uh, that leads to, to bigger problems. So if we can tighten up the shot group, you know, we're going to do a little bit better. That's really the, the argument. Yeah, it's a little more cerebral intensive. Yeah. Um, and they are crucial. So to recap, just cascades um, is the um, yeah is the, the mnemonic there. Cultural awareness. Yeah. Agenda. Self-awareness. Communication. Accommodation dissemination, expectation management, and then last, situational awareness and security. That's it. So that just kind of helps you and it's a kind of remember acronym. this stuff. It is yeah. fun, cascades. <laughs> yeah. You know, acronyms are always fun. I mean, it's, uh, there's always more to make. But, uh, but hey, that's pretty much uh, the gist of what I wanted to go over, Mike. And I know... Uh, there's so many other things we could talk about, but I wanted to kind of lay the the foundation uh, for this type of uh, these types of podcasts. Yeah, well, it, the other thing too is I, I, I you said something there at the end that really just kind of 
uh, made me think, and that is uh, it's not always, you know, the senior leader that's going to end up being your, yeah. your, um, your money maker, if you will. It might be the lowest ranking guy on the team. Because it, when you go into these um, meetings, when you go into these um, relationship building sort of environments, you you might it might be the youngest guy on that team or the youngest guy that you've brought along that might make a connection. Mm. And again, yeah. I think you need to be you know be situationally aware and and see that if you got a connection there, I mean, it's like a personality where those guys are like just just hitting it off. Yeah, you, know, you got to be able to like pivot pretty quick and kind of capitalize that. That's true. So, um, you know, one of the things that I learned as a team surgeon is uh, you're a talent scout. So when you have, <laughs> a good way uh, to put it. you know, a little a little mission that you got to send two guys out, you're you're looking at compatibility for those guys, mm-hmm. who's best suited for the mission, and that's ranking material. It is. So and and per, and oftentimes MOS and material, you're just looking at two best two guys for the you know the job, the best do it, and so you're also doing that in uh, obviously in Robin's age when you're planning missions you're looking at that too so those are just some gems we want to throw out to you guys uh you know guys are getting ready uh, they're going to the queue or something like that I, th- I hope you get a lot out of this kle podcast there's so much more out there but that's really the gist of it yeah and i think well it, this thing you know besides just you know the the culmination exercise of the queue course um just this human interaction really this this yeah interpersonal skills, uh, the, the social interaction. I mean, this kind of will apply anywhere and, and no matter what you're doing. Even Absolutely. I think even in like in, in selection and just how you're interacting with folks and what have you. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we're going to see some, some better KLEs in the days ahead. Uh, you know, it's always, it's always, uh, exciting when you see somebody that's paying attention if somebody making is, it happen let me ask you a question paul if somebody's yeah. getting ready to go to the q course um what are some things that maybe they can do to sort of get ahead of this and because this isn't something you just read absolutely um and then also you go out and execute i mean how, how are some what are some things that that maybe you've thought of that could help somebody sort of like getting better at this yeah well uh the first thing i wanted to just suggest that you would you would get donald uh excuse me daniel goldman's book Emotional intelligence. Uh, now that's it's a little cerebral for guys that uh, you know do didn't do a lot of reading. It's but it's psychology that's not heavy psych. It might be an audiobook. Yeah, and I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, I think that's listen, a great listen to read. it while you're cruising down the road. Yeah, I think it, he's got some fundamental skills in there. I think that if you pay attention to those, uh, you may pick up on a lot of things a lot of guys are failing on, and, uh, and namely that's your uh, self awareness. And uh, self-awareness is huge. And so that's, that's something to kind of widen your, your uh, periphery a little bit and uh, widen your aperture on this topic. And then, uh, obviously, uh, you know, just get better at talking is, you know, you got to talk. So there's some, there's some ways to actually, you can take this and just do practice KLEs. So you can do this with your buddy that's going to be going through, and you can practice KLEs. So this guy can be a role player, and you just just talk through and let the guy be brutally honest. And then, uh, you know, you got to rehearse this. So oftentimes we'll see guys who will show up. The first time they're ever doing that is when they're out there. And I think that's, you know, you failed. You, you should be doing that prior to coming out. And I, I think agree. some guys don't know how to do it. And that's fine. But the idea is just talking, you know, and, and kind of get some reps 
uh, using the, you know that get that and get that feedback too. So the feedback, yeah, yeah. and and so uh, it, you know, irrespective of the topic, somebody can give you feedback. Well, hey, you know, you didn't really make a lot of sense there, and uh, you know maybe you can articulate yourself a little bit better this way. And also, you got these uh, you know these these things you do when you're talking. You're saying um a lot, and like maybe you'll tap. You know, you have these other nonverbal things that are distracting. And then so somebody that's uh, uh, sitting across from you can actually pick up on those things and you can kind of minimize those nonverbal distractors. And then that's another way that you can kind of clean up your communication. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, you need to practice and you get better at with with repetitions, like you were saying. Absolutely. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. Uh, And if you enjoyed the content and unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors. Blacksmith Publishing has been serving the warrior class since 2013. We have great titles written by warriors for warriors. So if you're looking for a great reference book on KLEs, land navigation, small unit tactics, whatever, uh, or you just want to unwind with a good novel, uh, check out blacksmithpublishing.com. If you're looking for some uh, cool, unique apparel, uh, head on over to the general store at pinelander1776.com. Uh, got a lot of interesting stuff uh, added uh, every day. Jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, a whole bunch of stuff. That's pinelander1776.com. Until our next meeting, remember, keep your head on a swivel, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and of course, socially astute. Glory be to Pineland, glory be to the resistance.